This is The Guardian. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. According to the World Health Organization, air pollution causes 7 million premature deaths every year. In addition to that, you have millions of people's years of quality of life that they are losing because they have uh, chronic diseases, but it's a kind of invisible killer. Here in the UK, this was brought into focus in 2020 when a coroner found that toxic air had contributed to the death of nine-year-old Ella Kissy Deborah. A nine-year-old girl from South London who died following an asthma attack in 2013 has become the first person in the UK to have air pollution listed as a cause of death. We've known for a long time that air pollution causes lots of health problems, including lung cancer. But exactly how it did this was a mystery. New research might just change this. It requires pollution to transform the right cell at the right time, in the right place, into a cancer. And it could make us rethink how cancer begins. From The Guardian, I'm Madeleine Finlay, and this is Science Weekly. Hannah Devlin, as a Guardian science correspondent, you recently covered a really intriguing study that has been called a breakthrough in our understanding of cancer. But before we get to that, the researchers were looking at lung cancer in non-smokers and in particular cancer caused by air pollution. Why were they looking at this group? So they wanted to look at the link between air pollution and cancer because it's something that doesn't really fit with the current model for how cancers form in the body. So the kind of dominant Um, model for cancer for the past 20 years or so has been that you have some kind of carcinogen like smoking, it causes DNA mutations, and then those cells go on to form a tumour. And so it's quite a straightforward relationship. 
But there are certain things that don't really fit with that, that being kind of put on one side almost. And air pollution is one of those. And when you go and look at these people's tumours, they don't have particularly unusual mutations, specific mutations that you can kind of single out and say air pollution caused that. So with smoking, we know that it directly causes particular mutations in our DNA and then it gets to a point where this becomes cancerous and it grows into a tumour. But that isn't the case with air pollution. Explain that a little bit more to me. So with non-smoking lung cancer, it's not that there are no mutations at all. It's just that they're not ones that are only seen in people who get lung cancer who aren't smokers. For example, there's a a mutation called EGFR that is often seen in people with non-smoking lung cancer. But it's also seen, if you go and look at people who are completely healthy and take a biopsy of their lung tissue, you'll find that in one in five of the normal samples. So there's this mystery of why in some people this is turning into cancer and other people it's sort of lying there dormant, not doing anything and just sitting in your cells. And so Charlie Swanton and his team at the Francis Crick Institute and um, University College London, they had this idea that perhaps air pollution could almost be acting as a promoter, that it could be taking these kind of dormant mutations that we all have that are sitting there in our cells and switching them on effectively and doing something to them that turn them from this dormant state into a cancerous state where they start proliferating and turning into a tumour. Let's get into that because they were focused on this one kind of air pollution, PM 2.5. What is that and what did they find that it does to the body when it's breathed in? PM 2.5 particles are pollutants that are given out in car fumes and by brake pads on cars, by wood-burning stoves. And you find them in very high levels in in inner cities, London and, you know, especially Southeast Asian um, cities. They're known to be linked to non-smoking lung cancer. So what they did was they took mice that had been engineered to carry mutations in this gene called EGFR that's linked to lung cancer. So these mice were sort of vulnerable and they were more likely than a normal mouse to develop cancer. And they exposed them to these particles. And they had a group of mice that were exposed to the particles and a group of mice that were kind of in a nicely air-conditioned <laughs> um, environment. And they found that the mice that were exposed to the pollutant particles were far more likely to develop cancer. And so it was suggesting that they were on the right track, that this idea that the pollution was doing something to switch on these mutations was right. Okay, so all the mice had the mutation, but the mice who were exposed to this pollution, PM 2.5, were the ones where the mutation was somehow turning into cancer. So what was going on? They found that it was essentially the body's inflammatory response to being exposed to pollutants that was releasing a protein called interleukin-1-beta. And this is something that was released kind of as a part of the immune response to any foreign body. But something about this protein was switching these cells into a cancerous state. And they could see when they gave the mice something to block this protein, they were less vulnerable to the pollution. I mean, to me, that seems pretty incredible. So they found that this interleukin-1-beta signal protein that's part of the immune response is acting as a kind of trigger for these normally harmless mutations to develop into cancer. 
Yeah, so you can sort of think of it as like a gas hob. So the mutations are like the gas that are there. And, you know, if you just switch the gas on, you don't automatically get a, a fire. You don't get a flame. But then when you click the ignition, which is like the air pollution, that's what actually switches it on. And then once it's got going, the pollution isn't involved in maintaining the cancer and keeping it growing. Once it's switched on, then it's kind of set off on its own course towards cancer at that point. Hannah, you mentioned that as well as finding this mechanism, the researchers also used a drug to block the trigger to stop the lung cancers forming in the mice. And this is actually a medicine that already exists and has been tested for other things. So could we one day have a pill that you can take to reduce your risk? The scientists behind this work are saying... You know, the number one message from this should be that air pollution is causing cancer in this tangible way. And the best way to resolve this is by reducing pollution. They're not saying this is kind of a a solution that allows us to keep polluting and not get cancer. So I think there's definitely mixed feelings about the idea that you would use this as a way of being more resilient to air pollution. But it could, you know, have broader applications for protection against lots of environmental carcinogens. One question that came to my mind was whether there could potentially be any risks in this, as you've described, but obviously needs more study. But there must be a good reason that we get this inflammation in our lungs to protect us from this kind of pollution. Yeah, I guess that's why you have big trials to test out whether this is really going to help you or whether there are unintended consequences. Because, you know, sometimes that can be the case, but then other times our body's way of responding isn't optimal and does cause disease. And, you know, there's lots of diseases, autoimmune diseases, you know, asthma, for example, you wouldn't say reversing that is harmful. You know, that's the case where our body's response is causing a problem. So that's, I guess, why you'd have a big trial to test that out. Hannah, this study is revealed a lot of intriguing possibilities about cancers. Do you think that they're going to look at whether this particular process that they found could be behind the formation of other kinds of cancers as well? That's a really good question because there is definitely evidence of other environmental carcinogens that aren't linked to specific mutations and that aren't causing damage through directly damaging our DNA. So there must be something else going on. And it isn't really known yet what the process is for those. But I think this shows a kind of way to investigate that now. And perhaps it could be through the same mechanism in some of these cases. Or there could be other chemical things going on in our body, other responses that are acting as the trigger. And so I think the question now will be whether this is kind of causing a big proportion of those other cancers or whether, you know, there are a whole load of different responses in the body that are responsible. Hannah, it's been so interesting. Thank you very much. Oh, pleasure. Always uh, happy to come on. Thanks again to Hannah Devlin. You can read her article about how scientists uncovered the connection between air pollution and lung cancer at theguardian.com. And we've also put a link to that on the podcast webpage. Now, don't switch off yet. 
It starts the same way. A seemingly innocent message from someone who appears to be a young woman. Can I tell you a secret? But as this six-part podcast explores, people are rarely their true selves online. And one man took it much further. What happened when this cyberstalker wreaked havoc across the internet and ruined people's lives? And why did he do it? Can I Tell You a Secret? A new six-part Guardian podcast about obsession, fear and the lives we lead online. All episodes available from Friday the 23rd of September. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. And that's it for today. The producer was me, Madeline Finley. The sound design was by Tony Onotuku. And the executive producer was Max Sanderson. We'll be back on Tuesday. See you then. This is The Guardian. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including prime ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts.